Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome to the Bucknuts Happy Hour, take two. We tried to start recording this just a few minutes ago, and there were some, I think, internet issues, but we're back, as I was saying before it cut off about a minute or so in. We took a bit of a hiatus last week, uh, decided that we'd covered a lot of what was going on. We'd, uh, we'd take a break, come back with some more new topics this week. We're going to dive into a number of things involving Ohio State's both football, basketball, NFL, plenty to talk about today. I'll be joined shortly by Tim Hall from 97.1 The Fan, who's been a frequent contributor on the happy hour. Uh, I'm Patrick Murphy with Bucknuts and 247 Sports. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, all that good stuff to our podcasts. If you're watching this live and you notice that uh, I'm sweating or a bit red-faced or anything like that, I just got off the Peloton, took a shower, started this up, and I tend to sweat a lot. So starting with water, but I do have a beer here that I will uh, indulge as I get through this in the happy hour. Uh, this is a Christmas sale. I have a Great Lakes Christmas sale. I've got several of them still left over from the holidays. So trying to work through that. Um, I want to start with some football talk. Then we're going to dive into some basketball. Then we'll come back around to some NFL draft, NFL playoff talks, all revolving around the Buckeyes, of course. And the first thing I want to hit on when it comes to the football team is the guys returning this next season. And, and I don't just mean the players that are announced that announced that they are returning, but the roster as a whole, the, the guys that are coming back for 2023. <clears throat> and uh, I asked him, and he'll be here in just a second, who the most important returning Buckeye is in his eyes. Um, and, and I'll go ahead and, and discuss my thoughts on that before he jumps on into the happy hour and you guys can comment uh, your thoughts as well on, on who you think might be the most important returning player for Ohio state in 2023. I gave this some thought. I think there's a lot of guys that you could point out as the, the most important player. Um, you know, I mean, you could even make the argument that one of the quarterbacks, whichever quarterback wins the job is the most important player. I think there's a number of different guys. The guy I went with is is a guy who will have a decision to make in a year, and that's JT Tumalau. I think that this is a big offseason for the former five-star defensive end, and I think if he can take that jump that we've seen a lot of times from guys from sophomore to junior year, and, and sometimes it happens between freshman and sophomore year, I, I think you would say the Bosa brothers both did that, uh, but you have to you, you you have to make that jump at some point. We saw flashes of JT Tuomalau in this past season, specifically, you know, you, you have to think of the Penn State game, and obviously in the ridiculous numbers he put up in that game. But even looking beyond that and and some of the other performances he put up, I think you've seen what the potential is of the of the defensive end from from Washington. Now it's time to take it to that next level. Are you going to become a star? And I think he will. And, you know, I think this, this is a different defense than what we saw when the Bosa brothers and, and Chase Young were, were playing at Ohio State. Obviously, Jim Knowles' defense is less reliant on having the, those defensive ends create that pressure. And sometimes he doesn't even have true, two true defensive ends on the field with that jack position. But to me, if JT Tumalau can become that, that next level high f- top five draft pick, that is a big boost for this defense. And, and I've said it a lot in, on various platforms over the last several years, as we talk about, um, you know, the, the defense needing to improve and all that, 
the the biggest thing for me is is getting pressure up front and I think that can solve a lot of the problems on the back end. And Ohio State did that at a, a solid rate this past season. And JT Tuomalau was a part of that. Zach Harrison, who they're losing this offseason, uh, is is going to be a big part of that, or was a big part of that this past year, excuse me. But going forward, they need to have that guy that offensive lines have to worry about. And It'll be interesting to see what happens with Jack Sawyer because I think he can also be one of those guys if he stays or if he moves back to being a true defensive end as opposed to that Jack position that we saw this past year. And there is some thought that maybe with some of the other guys on the defense that they could move around. Um, would they go back to having Jack Sawyer as a true defensive and defensive lineman? I think that would certainly help things. But JT Toom allowed to me, if he can make that jump to – next level star type defensive player. I think that could be huge for this team, for this defense. Uh, I think it could solve a lot of the problems that we saw this year. If, if you have less time to get the ball out up front, you obviously don't have the chance to hit on some of those big plays. Uh, JT to allow obviously a, a freak athletically, you know, when, when Ohio state plays some of the quarterbacks that they will play next year, uh, Sam Hartman of Notre Dame, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, Drew Aller, assumedly at, uh, at Penn State. Can, uh, can, they, can they get the pressure? And I think J.T. Tuomalau is one of the guys that uh, will be key in that. And that's why I think he may, he's my most impactful guy. And we've got our guy, Tim Hall. Timmy, what's going on? Patrick, how we doing, man? Can you hear me okay? We can hear you great. Um, how, awesome. The, the laptop wasn't working. No, no, nothing's working, man. That's it's okay. actually been restarting for about seven minutes. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So, computer problems are fun. I actually started this, had to shut it down. Uh, yeah. I, you can see there. That's fun. I had to shut it down because apparently the audio was garbled and the connection wasn't good. So we're both having problems today, but we're here. Um, yeah, don't break it. You need to, you're gonna need that at some point in time. Throw that away. That's <laughs> uh, a piece of junk. That doesn't work at all. I asked you before the show to come up with your top returning Buckeye. I know you gave it some thought. I just kind of hit on mine, which was JT to him allow. But uh, what what did you come up with? Who are who's in your mind the most important returning guy for this team next year? All right, so we're thinking about guys that could have gone pro they were eligible they came back any way you want to do it yeah i'm thinking it's very important for this football team that tommy eichenberg is coming back for another trip around the sun and i also think if i go for one defense one offense cade stover pretty big deal as well for that guy to be back getting those two guys back really good players on both sides of the football Starting with Eichenberg, I mean, what more can you say about him? He was probably the defensive MVP, you know, for, for that side of the ball, for that unit this year. He was a reliable tacker, tackler. He was a leader. He was trustworthy in everything that he did. Even There was even that play in, in the Georgia game where somehow he was 45 yards down the field in pass defense. And I thought he did a pretty damn good job on that, on that one, uh, that one play, even though it didn't work out for him, but it's like, what are you asking a middle linebacker to do there? It's certainly, uh, he certainly looked a little bit more athletic than his old guy, tough Borland in that spot. So Tommy, I just, I trust him in everything that he does. And when he's in the right spots, he's as good as it gets with a middle linebacker. Cade. I just think when you bring him back, and you're going to have this quarterback battle. I just think it's important to have as many of the weapons as you can. Guys that were highly skilled players in this offense, you know, with Marvin, with Emeka, and then you have a guy like Cade Stover coming back who just, man, was he good. Man, was he good at times in 2022. And I think he's going to be able to use this offseason to get a little bit better as a blocker, especially a guy that – is going to be asked to block a lot in space in this offense. I think those are some things that he can build on and he can improve on, but clearly this is a talented dude. I was joking with uh, Tim May uh, on uh, the show on, uh, on Monday 
And I said, you know, the only downside is that they're going to have to buy up a whole lot of eye black because, man, does he like to smear that stuff all over his face. But they'll get it for him. Maybe a little NIL deal in the works. But those are two guys, Pat. I'm really stoked that they're coming back. I think Ohio State probably has plenty of eye black in in the facilities over there. Uh, no, I, but I agree with you. I think both of those guys are huge. And as I kind of let off with this, I think you could name a lot of different guys on this team that, that are back next year. I'm actually writing right now about the return of the linebackers, both Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. And like the the only downside I see of having your two starting linebackers back is that there's probably not a lot of room for your potential stars in guy like CJ Hicks and CJ. Yeah. yeah some of those some of those younger guys who haven't played as much. But like if that's your problem, then that's a good problem to have, right? You you'd rather have depth and guys fighting for spots. Um, you know, CJ Hicks is an Ohio guy. I don't see him looking to, to go anywhere, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good problem to have. And one thing to mention with Cade, he was hurt pretty much the entire second half of the year. I mean, he was battling various injuries. I think that's part of the blocking issue is because he was a good blocker before that. And even last year when he was in there with Jeremy Ruckert, I, I, you know, injuries are going to be the name of the game when it comes to 2022, when we talk about that Buckeye team, because man, so many guys were, banged up or, or injured or out and, and whatnot. But yeah, I think we'll look back on that as one of the what ifs. You mentioned CJ Hicks there. Now let me ask you, because I know a lot of Buckeye fans are excited about this guy and his recruitment was pretty high profile and the work that he did himself on the trail, which is what you see a lot of these Ohio kids do, right? When they're really excited about being Buckeyes, Jack Sawyer was doing it. Do you see with Rocket Hickman being gone, do you see any chance there that C.J. Hicks could adjust his way, you know, pun intended, into that spot? Or, I mean, what what do you see with him in 2023? That's a good question. I think I would I would venture to say that they keep him at linebacker just because I think that's where they want him to be down the road. But if if there's – the problem is there's a lot of depth at safety too. I mean, you've got both Lathan – and Josh Proctor coming back. But look, I think, and this is kind of the conclusion that I'm going to get to in my story, not to give everything away, but you got to have the best guys on the field. And so if, if you throughout this off season's worth of practices, see that, look, CJ Hicks could give us some help at a different position and it's better than what we've got there alternatively, then yeah, I mean, this defense isn't good enough to just say, okay, you, you wait in the wings and, you know, yeah, maybe you could help us there, but we don't want you to move you. It's also, I think you say the same thing about Sonny Styles. Like, that's a guy that should be on the field next year. And yeah. how you get yeah, him on the I field. I agree. Yeah, what position you put him in, I don't know. You know, that's for the coaches. You know, that's what you're paid for. But this defense made good progress this year. But you're not at the point where you can be, you know, you're not Georgia right now, where you can say, look, this guy is going to sit for two years and then be a stud. Um, if he can help you elsewhere and, you know, maybe CJ Hicks can, I don't know. Um, it's just be, it, it'll just be interesting to see Patrick, because there there's, there's always going to be players that you want to see them, but it's like you said, whether you're talking about one of the next wide receivers or yeah. pick some other position, like we were just talking about with CJ, you're not going to want to see Marvin Harrison jr. Step to the side right? You're not going to, you're not going to need to see a Mecca Ibuka step to the side to see one of Brian Hartline's next up and coming recruits. It's just the way it is. Like you, you always want to, you always want to strike while the iron is hot. It's a different story when we're talking about guys in the secondary, like you just alluded to there. I mean, if you're not getting production from a certain spot, then please, by all means, even if a guy's a true freshman, if he's been showing the coaches something in practice, just just do it right just just let let the guys start to build and get some reps and if for a guy like cj even if even if tommy and and or i mean not tommy but even if steel chambers is playing really really good football there's still going to be spots in certain games where you can get him snaps and then he can start to show what he's about what he can do for you and uh, what he can do for the football team yeah there, you, you've got to figure out a way to get some of these guys on the field for sure and that. Again, they've got to earn it, though, too, right? We can't just say C.J. Hicks was a five-star linebacker. He needs to play. I mean, we can, but 
the staff has to see it. And, and I believe they, they have from, from what we've heard about CJ Hicks, the little bits we've seen of him. Um, I want to shift over to hoops because I know that's one of your big things. And I want to, I, I, we haven't talked about basketball on this podcast much with football season going on, but uh, this Buckeye basketball team. And if, if you're listening, if you're watching this live, if basketball is not your thing, um, come back in 20 minutes, fast forward 20 minutes. We'll probably, that's about the time we'll, we'll probably talk about this, but I think this team deserves some conversation. What, way, to, uh, way to tell everybody to just avoid the topic altogether, Patrick. Well, I've got Dave Biddle, who runs our Bucknuts Morning 5 for the most part, that has has made it very clear to me that when you, you if you want listeners, you talk football. And that's just the way it is with Ohio State. But <laughs> you and I are both basketball guys, too. And I think there are enough fans out there that this deserves some talk. And so, you know, if basketball is not your thing, there's a lot of Ohio State fans who either aren't basketball fans or are fans of other basketball teams because they came, like yourself, came to Columbus from a, uh, a basketball region or things like that. So, you know, I just – I want to I give the people what they want. And if they want to skip ahead, I understand it. And therein, therein lies the problem. Sure. Right there. That you, that you would skip ahead. And I, I tell I tell you this, being a Kansas guy, yeah, I'm a sports guy, right? And I think most people that would be listening or watching this, you're you're sports guys, right? You're Buckeye fans. I never missed a Kansas football game in my entire life when I was out there. That's forget good. about bas forget about basketball and enjoying that experience and going to Allen Fieldhouse with the boys and all that good stuff. Never missed one football game my entire time there because. I was a sports guy. All my friends were pretty much sports guys. We'd play rec league basketball every night from 9 to 11 p.m. And I never understood any of my other sports buddies who wouldn't come to the football games with it. It's like, dude, it's, it's college football. Like, what are you talking about? Like, let's go. I don't care if we're not the greatest. And here when we're talking about Ohio State basketball, we're talking about one of the best 25 programs in the history of the sport. I don't, I don't freaking get it, man. I really – I don't. I don't understand that that attitude about it, but I mean, I understand like there are there are places that are football schools and are basketball schools, and then you can get into this big debate about who's in the middle. And yeah, some people just aren't fans. I guess I can understand that, but I uh, I just never I, I just remembered how fun it was being a student and enjoying both of those things, no matter where your team stood. And I get it like that part of what we're talking about here, too, is. Is that passion for Ohio State basketball where it could be, where it should be right now? No. And I know the Holt man is trying and it's just this season is not working right now. And a lot of people are upset. And, you know, the, the passionate Ohio State basketball fans have been vocal there and they have been loud. And it's uh, it's really interesting what's going on. And we know with the contract extension that Gene gave him where things are with that and how he hasn't had the success in the NCAA tournament that you'd like to have getting there every year. But of course now it looks like a step back and they're not going to get there this year. I don't know where you are with that, but it, it sure feels to me like it's, I'm at like 35%, 30% maybe that they can get hot and still, you know, make a run to get in. It just doesn't feel like that's happening right now. Well, this is what I was going to ask you. You've watched every game you're at the first half of the home games What's your read as a as a basketball guy? This team started nine and three. They looked good coming into January with the win at Northwestern, which is not always the easiest place to play. And since then, there's been one win against Iowa and six losses. Um, what's your read on on this team and kind of the the flip scripting that or the script flipping that happened? Because I have my thoughts, but I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, were you – I had to miss it this morning, but I saw some quotes. Associate head coach Jake Diebler had a little press conference. Were you in on that? Yep. So the quote that, that stuck out to me was about having some open and honest conversations about some things. Yeah. And how practice had been good this, this last couple of days. But very clearly, man, the reason that this team is where it is right now is justice suing and zed key 
plain as day. Absolutely plain as day. I mean, you true freshmen are going to be a part of they're going to be a part of college basketball, you know. So we can we could talk about youth and all that, but it's the fact that this team had a good balance of everything that you're looking for in today's college basketball. You can only hope for so much, right? Teams will change. Rosters will change. That's going to be ingrained in the nature of the sport going forward now with the transfer portal. So if you get three transfers like Ohio State did, pretty good. One of them starting for you and a pretty good scorer and Sean McNeil, a West Virginia guy, high major guy, ice likely high major guy starting for you, turned in a really good game two games ago. But when you're sixth year and your third year veteran who are both starters or supposed to be starters, right, are playing like this, what this is what you get. I mean, am, am I wrong? Isn't that how you see this situation? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that the I think that the veteran and I've written this like I was writing this after we were we were finishing up at Illinois on Tuesday night and I wanted to write about how the veterans didn't perform yet again. And I'm like, I've written this like three times that they need the veterans to perform. And fortunately, you know, we talked to justice after the game and he gave some pretty honest quotes about how he needs to be better, but like, you can say it all you want. You need to perform on the court and you need to perform off the court. And Ohio state has a good freshman class, but this isn't a Kentucky Duke all one and dones that can carry you potentially deep in the tournament. So you need the leaders of this team and the guys that have been in the program, because I do right. like Isaac, Isaiah, like Isaac likely. And I think he's probably the team's best leader, but I was talking about this with Adam Jardy after that game. Look, you can't have a guy who's a new to the program and B not a scorer, not an elite guy on the court. He's a good player and he can do a lot of different things, but he's just, you know, if he could shoot the basketball as a guard and could get to yeah. the, get to the bucket and like he commands the court that way, then I think you can you can rely on him a bit more as a leader. But he's also new to the program, and you have these veteran guys, these captains that we heard about. I also think if we go back to the preseason, and I, I don't I don't remember. I, I'm sure you and I had talked about this at some point, but like the expectations weren't that high for this team. They they weren't ranked. You know, they were projected to make the tournament for sure. And I think, you know, every year this happens where Ohio State, and I think it happens to a lot of teams, has a good non-conference. And, you know, they, they played some teams tough. They beat Texas Tech, who actually turns out to not be very good right. now. And so the expectations rose. And, like, I didn't expect this team in the preseason to be at this point. But, like, you know, I, I think everyone kind of thought this was a transition year with these freshmen and the class coming in next year. And next year's the year where, like, the expectation is. Now, I've talked with Dave Biddle, for instance, who says this is, what, year six of the Chris Holtman era? And this is what you're talking about? And I think there's some merit to that because it should be better. You shouldn't be one in six in January and, you know, struggling to, to contend even in the mid, middle part of the Big Ten. But I got a thought on that. Yeah, go if ahead. I could step in yeah. with you make a good point about go back and look where they ranked at the start of the season. No, they weren't. And I, I think that's also just sort of a maybe uh, the national media does kind of disrespect Ohio State basketball a little bit going into preseason and things like that. They they have tended to make Ohio State earn it and prove it. I don't remember. That'd be an interesting thing to go back and look at to see how many of Holtman's six teams were ranked in the preseason. And uh, when they were ranked, were they even ranked above 20 or were they just, did they just slip into the top 25? Yes. I would just guess based on having covered it two, two, maybe, maybe three. I would say probably two yeah. teams were ranked preseason. I bet they were, like you said, they, you know, they weren't top 15 teams. But back to my point, you know, it's, it's easier to take a, a transitional year if you have done a whole lot. Yeah. Totally. If you have built up some things, if you've won a conference championship, if you made a sweet 16 or an elite eight run, I always point to, you know, give me what Matt Painter does all day long. 
at Purdue. If you look at his resume there, they're not an every year, and it's not like Kansas or some of the you know famous or Izzo, Michigan State. They don't go every single year. Purdue misses some occasionally, but maybe what you don't see is when they're missing one, they're developing a Carson Edwards type of guy who maybe in the the year to follow or two years later becomes a stud who almost takes you to a final four and you cash it in with a big 10 regular season championship or a big 10 tournament championship, something like that. If you have done some of those things, then when you get some new recruits in and maybe you got some transfers or something doesn't quite work out for you, it's a whole lot easier to take. And that's, it's really, it's been a run of near misses. That's really what it's been. The near miss in the very first year of being, what were they 15 and three, but not cashing in on a big 10 championship and uh, leading Gonzaga by five in the round of 32 with a big K to three and then not, sealing the deal in the game and you miss a sweet 16 by that much in your first year, the two seed year where you go to the, the tournament championship game and you lose an overtime to a really good Illinois team near misses. And then you get beat by oral Roberts, of course, and Max Aismas, who's still there at oral Roberts near miss. Right. And it's just at the end of the day, when you look back at it, there's no championships, there's no sweet 16, so it's tougher to stomach what you say. Are you taking a little backslide here in year six? You've just, you've got Zed, you've got Justice Suing, two really important players that you love to see get into their veteran years. And a Bryce Sense, I just, it's troubling to see Malachi Branham and Bryce Sensabaugh as true freshmen doing this much damage offensively. Bryce is one of the better scorers in the country. Yeah. He's one of the better scorers in the country right now. And you're 11 and nine. And it looks like the two years with Malachi and Bryce Sensabaugh are going to amount to one tournament win. Ugh. Yeah. And I think you're spot on in terms of the fan perspective of like tolerating this because I, I think that big 10 championship game you mentioned is the biggest one for me because you get to overtime. I, first of all, remember that team lost four games in a row heading into that tournament and then turned it on. Um, and I think you get all the way there. It probably complicated matters in the NCAA tournament because it took a lot out of you to get to that point. And if you'd at least come away with that win, beaten Illinois, at least you have a Big Ten tournament title to, to lean on. Even if you still lose in the first round of the tournament, at least then you have, you have something there. Um, but yeah, this year's team is, is just confusing. Uh, I, I did think they'd be better, despite what I've what I've said about the expectations. Uh, this was an NCAA tournament team for me. So, do you think they do you think they beat Indiana? I mean, Indiana had a tight one against Minnesota, but I just, dude, I I don't know how Zed ponies up and and matches the TCD right yeah. now Zed's or TJ. Well, I can't think. You know, you know what I meant. Yeah. Trace C yeah. Davis. T J D. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. he's like a walking 30 and 15 right now. He just had 25 and 21 against Minnesota with six blocks. I'm not seeing it right now. I mean, I think they could probably keep it at single digits for a time, but I, I worry about the, how hyped up that crowd and that environment will be on a Saturday night affair. I had a friend ask me before the Iowa game about if they should bet on the Buckeyes in that game. And I said, I'm not touching this team. I mean, I'm not betting on them anyway, because I cover them, but I wouldn't touch this team in any yeah. sort of gambling situation other than maybe betting the over on Bryce scoring, depending on where it is though. The yeah. Like, yeah. Do fun <laughs> stuff that doesn't involve the Buckeyes winning or losing. The student behind right? me at the Illinois game continued to remind Chris Holtman and Bryce Sensabaugh on, uh, Tuesday night that Bryce was under the 19 and he was going to win his bet. So at least he walked out of that building with some, some money. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's tough. I don't, I don't know what will happen on Saturday night. I assembly hall is rocking, you know, watching that game the other night. I just saw before we started recording this, I think Mike Woodson's going to be back. He's been dealing with COVID. Yep. yep. So look, you're going to have your head coach back if you're Indiana. That's a team that's underperformed and needs wins right now too. So you, they're not going to just take Ohio State lightly because 
they struggled a little bit. Um, so certainly tough. Look, you've got to win your home games the rest of the way. And the nice thing about basketball, if you can get some momentum going in the Big Ten tournament, make a run there, gets, you know, hell, maybe they win that tournament. Maybe this is the year that they somehow pull together a win in that tournament, being a team that no one expects to do anything. And, you know, they don't have to worry about the NCAA tournament because you're in if you win that. At least a run there, I think, would be helpful and good for Chris Holtman and, and this program as a whole, in my mind. What yeah, you- I just you're at a you're at a point now where you just you don't really know exactly what the future is going to hold. You know, it's just it, it feels strange right now, just yeah. with everything that's going on and you know, some of the guys that I listen to that cover the sport. The you know the CBS guys uh, Norlander and and Parrish, they were they were spinning about that Notre Dame job and just was it just was interesting you know and I'm I'm not not saying anything I don't have any knowledge or, or anything this and you know what guys do like when a job opens up you pretty much just spitball things we do this in football we just make up scenarios and this coach used to live there or this coach coached in that state and his current situation is this. But I'm not debating, like, uh, Ohio State's clearly a better basketball gig, but you just wonder, like, if things keep trending in this direction, does it uh, does it become a situation where a guy would even would, would just want a fresh start in a similar type of conference? I mean, it's, it's a good job still. Like, it's in the ACC, and I just, you know, it's just uh, – it's just a funny, weird, strange kind of feeling with this basketball season because you're you're used to at least being in the NCAA tournament, and that hasn't even been enough for a lot of fans because you've got those thad memories that still live strong in you, and you just want to you just want to be back. And I, I know some people are more reasonable, and not asking for too much. It's just just something, you know, just a sweet sixteen. You know, just yeah. get one time, just get out of that first weekend, yeah. and. You can't do that if you're not in the tournament. No, no, you can't. Um, yeah, it's it, basketball's weird. And I think at a place like Ohio State, you have so many football fans, and I've said this before, and I know people disagree with me, but you have football fans that expect excellence and not just football. There's a lot of really good Ohio State sports. And, you know, as you said at the beginning, Ohio State, one of the top 25 programs in the country, but. You know, I think there's sometimes expectation that they should be that elite level like they are in football. And it's just it's hard to do that in basketball, especially with the tournament nature of things. You, you don't always have the best team winning. And, you know, maybe we'll see that more in football, but with the playoff expanding. But it's it's tended to be that way more in football and, and less so in basketball. I know you got stuff to do. I wanted to get you in for the basketball talk because I know you're uh, passionate about that, to say the least. So. uh yeah, enjoy your the rest of your day, and I will talk to you later. Thank you again for joining the happy hour, Timmy. Yes, thank you. We'll uh, talk to you at six thirty-three, right? For some some beers and bucks. Beers and bucks. I've already got a quarter of a one down. I'm trying to. Right. I I'm trying to drink water. I was on the Peloton before this, so uh, trying to hydrate while also enjoying the the beverages of the man. Man, what a spec! What an athletic specimen you are! Don't go there. Aerodynamic with the haircut too, just beautiful. Everybody, thanks so much for for listening and watching, and yeah, appreciate it. Everybody, have a great weekend. All right, go Tim. go, Joey B. Go Bengals. I'll talk to you later. See ya. All right, that was Tim Hall from ninety-seven point one. The fan, as he mentioned, if you're listening to this live or listening to this on. Friday before 6.30 p.m. Eastern. I will be on the Buckeye show with him. Uh, but tune in for, for Timmy. Those His shows are always great. I'm going to transition back over to football now. And we're going to look at the, the Buckeyes in the NFL. Um, and specifically the Buckeyes that are still alive in the NFL playoffs. And there are, there are a decent amount of them. I was actually surprised there aren't more... Um, looking at the rosters of the teams still involved. If you haven't been paying attention, the Ohio zone Cincinnati Bengals are in the AFC championship against the Kansas city chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers are facing the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC championship. I was surprised that the chiefs have no Buckeyes on their roster, which 
it just I, I know there's been some before, but I, I'm always surprised when I look at good teams that, that don't have Y State. But the other three teams all do, uh, not all significant contributors, but I wanted to go through these. Um, the Bengals have the most. The Bengals have four former Ohio State players, and all of them are contributors. All of them have contributed in the playoffs even. You've got uh, Sam Hubbard, who in the earlier in the playoffs had the fumble return. I think it was the 99-yard fumble return for a touchdown uh, that pretty much sealed the Bengals' win against – I don't remember who that was against off the top of my head, but um, a huge play from him. He, A guy who I don't believe had a touchdown previously in the professional ranks or even in college, if I remember correctly. But um, Sam Hubbard – Von Bell, the safety, Eli Apple, the corner, both of those guys, key parts of the Bengals secondary that has really played well, obviously got that team to a Super Bowl last year, Super Bowl game last year before losing to my Rams. Um, And then Drew Chrisman, the punter who, uh, you know, obviously you don't think of punters as making big plays, but he's been very good for the Bengals all year and continues to be good in the playoffs. Look, you don't, uh, you don't count. David asking, does Joe Burrow count? Uh, That's a fair question and a debate we could probably do an entire podcast on. I'm going entirely off of what it says on the website. Look, I think of Joe Burrow as having some Buckeye in him. And I know this made its rounds. I saw earlier this week the quote, I think it was from last year, when Joe Burrow talked about, look, he is a Buckeye in his eyes and he's also a Tiger. Look, I think that's fair if Ohio State fans want to claim Joe Burrow he obviously was here longer than he was at LSU. I covered him. Um, I really enjoyed covering him, to to be honest. But um, yeah, you can throw Joe Burrow in there if you want. That's fine by me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get upset about it like some people do. Um, and obviously, Joe Burrow's been an MVP level player for uh, for the Bengals. And I think you could. Uh, I think you could credit his ability to play in the weather he played in in Buffalo from his time, not only playing for Ohio State or, or being on the Ohio State roster. He didn't play very much, obviously. But growing up in Ohio, from Athens, all that, you know, if if you'd been raised, if he'd been raised in the South and gone straight to LSU, maybe he doesn't perform as well in the cold like he had to do in Buffalo last weekend in, in that game. So he'll probably have to do it again in Kansas City. I imagine it'll be cold this weekend. But looking ahead, uh, or going on to San Francisco, only one Buckeye on that roster at this point, but it's a big one. Nick Bosa, who is up for Associated Press Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Nick Bosa has had a great young career thus far. Um, Obviously missed an entire season, basically, with an ACL. I believe that was his second season. He's already played in a Super Bowl He was the defensive rookie of the year in 2019 after he was the number two pick. He's a three-time pro bowler. He was an all pro this year, um, all rookie team. You know, obviously you know what he did at Ohio state, Nick Bosa. And and as I mentioned, I'm a Rams fan. I hate seeing Nick Bosa on that 49ers team and in the NFC West, but the guy just, the guy is a phenomenal football player and you know, you knew it at Ohio state, but he's gone on, missing after missing that basically the whole last year of of college gone on to be one of the best defensive ends, maybe the best defensive end in the NFL. Um, You know, he's one game away from playing in a second Super Bowl in what was 2019. So four years impressive, you know, for the team, but he led the NFL with 18 and a half sacks. Uh, he, He was, he was just impressive. I think he missed a game. I think he only played 16 of the 17 games this year. And then, Looking at the Philadelphia Eagles roster, only one Buckeye there too. Trey Sermon, the running back who was drafted by San Francisco. Trey Sermon has not played. Um, I'm honestly very surprised that Trey Sermon's career has gone the way it has. And injuries in San Francisco didn't help things. But coming off of the run he made at the end of the 2020 Ohio State season, I thought, you know, I didn't think he'd be necessarily a star in the NFL. But a, a guy who could seriously contribute. And I thought when he got drafted by the 49ers, that was a great destination for him because that's a run first team who uses multiple running backs. And he's a guy who could fit certain roles in that offense. And he got hurt. Uh, I think it's Eli Mitchell who stepped in and was a rookie also in that class. 
and played really well. And, and Trey Sermon never really got an opportunity. He's in Philadelphia now, but he hasn't really gotten an opportunity there. Uh, but his team is uh, one game away from playing in a, in a Super Bowl. And again, another team that not that long ago, maybe 2018, 2017, was playing in a Super Bowl that uh, that beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So you know you've you've got some Buckeyes with the chance here. And I pretty much every year, excuse me, I need a sip of my beer. Um, pretty much every year, you have Buckeyes at this point in uh, in in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's with the number of Buckeyes in the NFL, it's hard to not have at least a few. You know, we always write something at Bucknuts uh, about the guys once once the championship games are over. So it, it's 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 impressive to see these guys go on and do some of the things they they do, and, and you know specifically the guys like both Bosa brothers, but but Nick Bosa, what he's done with the 49ers, really all of the guys on the Bengals roster, and and it's fun to see the guys that I covered, you guys cheered for, um, go on and have success at this next level, and, and you know be some of the faces of the league. I mean, we're talking about Joe Burrow, clearly one of the, the faces of the league. I am curious if the Bengals do end up winning and, and going to a second straight Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, if a guy like Von Bell, you know, kind of becomes a, a bigger name because he has such a personality. Eli Apple, um, if you follow Eli Apple on Twitter, you know, he's very active and, and has a lot to say. And, you know, I think that's that's an entertaining part of the game. Eli Apple doesn't like to do the media the way Von Bell, I think, does. But Sam Hubbard, you know, could he have a bigger role, uh, you know, kind of as a as a face of the league if, if the Bengals end up winning the Super Bowl? It would be really interesting. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm really torn on what I think will happen in these games. But, uh, you know, I, I always hope to see success for these Buckeyes. Uh as they go on and, and have success at the next level. So it's nice to see these guys playing at, you know, the highest of high levels and in, in the, you know, semifinals basically of the playoffs. I want to quickly just talk about some NFL draft stuff. And we'll talk about a lot of that more as we move, um, you know, through the next couple of months, the, the draft coming at the end of April. Right now, uh, you know, there's, the draft isn't even set yet. They're still with, with these games to be played in the NFL playoffs. There's still four four positions to be set. There's going to be a lot that changes between now and the NFL draft late in April. Teams will have free agency. There will be trades. Picks will move around. So take mock drafts for with a grain of salt. But what you can often gather from mock drafts is who are the Buckeyes that are almost surefire first-round draft picks? Um, and I think if you look around – you know, CJ Stroud's going to be there. I, I think a lot of people expect him to be a top five pick. He will be, if that is correct, he will be the first Big Ten quarterback drafted in the top 10 since Kerry Collins. And I want to make sure I get this right here. Kerry Collins in 1995, which is crazy. Who was, he was the first, he was the fifth pick in the draft out of Penn State, and he went to Carolina. Um, Crazy to think about. I thought Justin Fields would do it a couple of years ago. CJ, to me, seems like a lock to do it. Um, the other guy I think is a lock for the first round is Paris Johnson Jr., the left tackle. That's a guy since coming out of high school, I think most people had him pegged as a first-round pick. I've seen um, you know, a, a, couple of diff- a number of different places for him to go, but usually it's in the early teens. I've got the, uh, the latest CBS mock draft here pulled up, and they've got – CJ going number two overall behind Bryce Young to Houston and Paris going number 11 overall to the Tennessee Titans. So, um, you know, I think not bad landing spots for either of those guys. I think that you're going to hear a lot of debate about CJ Stroud over the next few months. And look, and I, the other guy that may be a first round pick is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he's another guy that you're going to hear a lot of talk about. And I know this week, if you follow along the Bucknuts Twitter account, there was um, a story which was done by our national desk, which is their job. And they do a good job doing it. And it's a key part of, of what keeps 247 Sports and Bucknuts going. A lot of what they do is aggregating stuff that, that national people say. And, um, I think it was Mel Kuyper 
that said he wasn't sure if Jackson, based on people he'd talked to and whatnot, would be a first-round pick, that there were questions about him never being the number one receiver at Ohio State and all this. Look, I don't, I don't know. My job isn't to write about the NFL draft, but I do know that part of what these guys do when they're analyzing things is, is they want people, and we all do it, you know, we, our job is based on people reading our work, hearing what we say, those type of things. And some of it may be trying to get people in because you say something that may be off the wall a little bit. And look, Jackson Smith and Jigba may certainly slide because of the injury last year. And if he doesn't run at the combine, I think he'll, that will hurt him even more. But I think if you look at the tape, the, the guy is a, is a bona fide wide receiver. You talk to Garrett Wilson, you talk to Chris Olave, they will tell you how talented Jackson Smith and Jigba is. And, you know, if, if one year hurts him a little, then, you know, maybe it works out best if he ends up sliding down the draft a little bit, maybe going late first round and ending up in a better team and in a better situation than maybe one without a quarterback or without the line to, to help the quarterback or whatever it may be. Um, and I say that because you're going to hear a lot of things about these, these Buckeye players. And a lot of it will be people trying to get a reaction so that you get clicks or views or whatever it may be. I will just say just in, and I've been guilty of this before, but just ignore it. I think, look, the CJ Stroud is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Is he better than Bryce Young? I don't know. Is he going to get drafted ahead of Bryce Young? I don't know. I think each team is going to do their evaluations that need a quarterback and figure out which one they want. They're different players. And, you know, Bryce Young, certainly more mobile, showed that throughout his college career. CJ has shown that he can be mobile, but isn't a guy who likes to run. Bryce Young can place a ball all over the field. I think CJ does it better personally, but that's just my opinion. These NFL scouts, these NFL GMs, these NFL coaches are all going to look at the films, the guys, the, the teams that need quarterbacks, and analyze both of these guys. They're going to analyze Will Levis. They're going to analyze, you know, Anthony Richardson from Florida. All these guys, and you're going to hear a lot of different stuff. And it's easy to look at a guy like CJ and write something or say something negative because it will generate a reaction. Buckeye fans will react to it, and that's not just. Buckeye fans like you, that's Buckeye fans that are in the national media that, that respond to stuff like that. And then that, the more you respond to it, the more you quote tweet it, the more you talk about it, the more it's publicity for whoever it is. So look, I get, you know, this is their jobs. It's, it's part of what I do as well. You, you write things that you want people to read. I try and write as much as possible. Um, you know, things that I think are, are the right things, but there are some reactionary things that they get out there. And I'll just I'll say it again. If, if you hear that CJ Stroud is the number four quarterback in this draft, because somebody says it and they talk to GMs and this, that, and the other thing, and maybe they have, and maybe that's what ends up happening, but just, just, just ignore it for now. We'll find out where CJ is going to go on draft. day. that doesn't mean you can't look at mock drafts and discuss it and all that. That's the fun of heading into the NFL draft. I do it with my friends. It's part of the Bucknuts happy hour, and we'll do plenty of that as we get closer. But I saw that thing about Jackson uh, this past week, and, and I saw the, the vitriol it created on Twitter, and it just reminded me that, like, this is all silly. We'll find out. Jackson has time to go through the combine if he's healthy. He has time to go through pro days, work out, go through his pro day, workouts for teams, all that. He has film, um, you know, I, I know people were saying that I saw that Jackson's best game came in the Rose Bowl when he was playing against a running back playing cornerback. I'd like to remind people of the game against Nebraska where he had 15 catches and put on a monster day or just really that, that entire season. Um, you know, yeah, he, he took advantage of a depleted Utah secondary in, in the Rose Bowl, but uh, he also made some really nice plays. You still have to catch the ball to, to make those plays. CJ, you saw it in – in um, the Peach Bowl against Georgia. You saw it throughout his career, just what what he can do. And if he's not the number one overall pick, if he's not a top five pick, so be it. Um, again, you know, if you drop a little bit, maybe you end up in a better situation. And I, you know, I think 
CJ needs an offensive line around him. He's not Justin Fields who can, you know, set NFL rushing records. He's not going to elude, um, you know, players like that. But so maybe, uh, maybe if he does slide, but I don't think he will. I think he's a top five pick. Um, and, and we'll dive into NFL draft stuff more. I just think that you're, you're going to hear a lot of, of negative stuff about a lot of Ohio State players as you get to the draft because it's so easy to do. It's an easy thing to generate clicks, generate views. Um, and, you know, that, that's what pays the bills for these things. I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm going to wrap up here. It's another Bucknuts happy hour. I'm glad we got to talk some hoops. I'm sorry if hoops is Buckeye hoops isn't your thing, but you know this this team is is weird, and and I wanted to discuss it with Tim because Tim's a big basketball guy. I wanted to get some of my thoughts out, and, but I still want to talk some football. If you missed anything, not only did we talk about the hoops team, but we talked about the the most important Buckeyes returning next year for the team, and that's a conversation we can continue to have throughout the off season, and once we see some spring ball and, and things like that. Um, and then we dove into the NFL stuff and whatnot. So if you missed anything, if you're watching this live podcast version will be up shortly and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll most likely be back next week. Like I said, I took the week off last week from this as, uh, you know, we, we were kind of running, running low on topics, but I'm sure there will be plenty more. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Patrick Murphy. Um, if you don't follow me on Twitter and you'd like to, uh, at underscore Pat underscore Murphy, on Instagram, which I'm trying to use more because if Twitter disappears for some reason, then I think that's a good platform. Uh, I think my Instagram handle is the same. I'm trying to use that more for work stuff. So if you don't follow me on, on either of those and you would like to, I try and, uh, I try and be entertaining while also giving as much information about the Buckeyes as possible and uh, Bucknuts. Check out our work over there. If you're not a VIP subscriber and that's something you're interested in, it's not just recruiting talk all the time you get access to all of our VIP content and that's throughout the entire 247 sports network. It's uh, it's worth, it's worth your time. And I believe we'll be running a promo here soon. I think I got an update on that. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Bucknuts happy hour. We'll be back probably next week, but stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. Cheers, Buckeye fans. (laughs) 